Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products. Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, Sasquatch Wildcard Casino. They have a great giveaway going on right now. Giving away a large model RC-104 Starfighter. If you don't want it, you're going to get nearly $28,000 in cash instead. This uh, Starfighter remote-controlled jet, you got to see it to believe it. Giving it away March 26th and 27th. Get on up to Sasquatch and Wildcard Casino. Great promotions. Really loose slots. You're going to love their sports book as well. Time now for the lead. The lead presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Okay, Mace, you are down at the Senior Bowl. You watch a lot of quarterbacks today, like Kenny Pickett and Carson Strong, Sam Howell's down there, Malik Wilson, Willis, excuse me, Desmond Ritter. Who impressed you? Who did not? Well, you had a, they were divided into two teams, of course, and the first ones up were Kenny Pickett of Pitt and Desmond Ritter of uh, of Cincinnati. And, um, and part. Pardon me as I'm going through. There, there's a lot that there's an awful lot that that's going on here uh, today, of course. And uh, so you had pick, you had pick, you had Pickett, and you had uh, Ritter, and you had Carson Strong there up first. Uh, Carson Carson Strong, I think he needed to show that he was healthy, right? And he and he did the couple of months since his last game at Nevada. Of course, that game was against CSU up in Fort Collins. Did him some some good. The those three quarterbacks, they're working with the Jets. The Jets have a four, have a an offense that's off the Shanahan McVay tree, so you saw a lot of work under under center. And the thing that one of the things I saw was very promising was how smooth, particularly strong, and Pickett looked when they were under center when they were executing the, the play fake boot. Wanted to see some better decisions. It wasn't a spectacular day for any of them. The best quarterback here today in terms of the high-level throws was Malik Willis of Liberty, who was up uh, second. The most consistent quarterback, consistently good quarterback, but he didn't have the type of deep splash throws that uh, Malik Willis had, although he had one uh, nice deep pass dropped with Sam Howell of North Carolina. Well, of course, a North Carolina guy. You had to bring that up. yeah, well, but I mean, that's uh, but the thing with Sam Howell today. What I wanted to to see was it is he the Howell that we saw in 2020 when it looked like oh he might even be a number one overall pick this year, or the Howell of 2021 who lost all his targets, all his skill players, including Javante Williams who came to the Broncos. Which Howell were you going to see? The one who did well with those guys around him, or the one who with lesser skilled players, and then a struggling offensive line was feeling like he had to take things on himself, run it from time to time. The howl we saw today looked more like the howl that got on everybody's radar in 2020. Very consistent, Very showed, showed some nice work on the deep ball. If not for a drop, he would have had a, a 40-yard touchdown pass on a nicely placed uh, post route that was, that was dropped. So Willis and Howell, the two of them, we're heading shoulders above the rest, and I'm just going to go with Willis today as number one quarterback because he had 
uh, he had one more high-end throw than Howell did. How far away for, were you from the uh, field, roughly? About 15 rows. Could you tell? Had, could, could you tell Pickett has small hands from <laughs> your vantage point? Uh, not today. No. Okay, just not checking. Today. Now, yeah. I want to tell. Wearing gloves. He's a he, he's he's a two-glove guy. Okay. All right. Like Teddy Bridgewater, like Peyton Manning was for some stretches. Right. Well, anybody two, two glove guy. Anybody who has a last name ending in Y usually does have two gloves. So you can call him Kenny Two Gloves or Teddy Two Gloves or however you want to slice it and dice it. Uh, I want to tap into your experience in all the years that you've been to the Senior Bowl. How many years in a row is this for you? How many years has it been? Probably total. Just be quick because I have a follow up with this. This is my. Eighth consecutive year. Yeah. It's my fourteenth in the last. Uh, it's my fourteenth in the last eighteen. Okay. The reason why I asked was I want to put this in perspective. For all the years that you have been there, and I only stand. I understand it's really only in theory day one or day two, whatever you want to call it. Okay. Through day one, day two, with all the quarterbacks that you have seen at the Senior Bowl, some guys top overall pick in the draft. Other guys, fourth-round draft pick. A lot of guys, first-round draft picks. Is there any way to go through your mental Rolodex of remembering guys that you saw that jumped off the field at you and you said, wow, compared to what you saw today? Meaning, so I'm not meaning. Philip Rivers, I, I, easy. Yeah, I can go through it here. Okay. Philip Rivers made me say wow back in 04 first senior bowl that that i covered okay and you i remember actually uh being on the plane with him because i stayed for the game that year being on the same connecting flight to atlanta and thinking i believe this and thinking to myself this is the last coach flight that philip rivers will ever take hmm. because he's about to be an nfl star and about to be a rich man and and indeed that happened russell wilson and i know it's easy to say this in retrospect but russell wilson when he came here in 2012 had a had a pretty dazzling week and of course was answering the questions about uh, you know about about being sub six foot and, and all that and uh, and did and did that very well it was interesting one he was actually answering questions about being more of a running quarterback and you know he said hey and, and he because the, the, there were people for some reason making the tim tebow comp and he was you know rightfully saying no 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 i mean i'm i'm gonna win from the pocket and of course you know he's, he's proved to be a, a good pocket passer who does have uh the running ability uh another guy two guys who jumped out um that were in the same year were carson wentz and dak prescott let, I, well, let me i want to flip this, i want to flip this around really quick okay because you said nobody was dazzling today with right. that can you remember guys that you watched that have been really good nfl players at the quarterback position where you looked at him at the senior bowl and, and you were like, meh, and now you watch him in the NFL and go, wow. And I'm trying to draw the comparison between those guys who were maybe meh at the senior bowl, but were great NFL players and try and link it to this with what you saw today. Let's go back to uh, 2018. If you took the, the body of work of that week and that was when the Broncos were coaching, uh, Baker Mayfield was better than Josh Allen. Baker Mayfield had some wow throws. The thing that Josh Allen did, though, and this is why it's day one, I'm looking forward to seeing what these quarterbacks have Wednesday and Thursday. 
is we saw Josh Allen get better from day to day. And that is something that I think is crucial because it's you're you're getting taught out there. Like for example, one thing that I thought looked reflected really well on Carson Strong, being in an air raid offense at Nevada, he didn't work under center very often, if at all. And it was interesting. You watch those quarterbacks, Strong, Kenny Pickett, Desmond Ritter, in that practice. And they were working with the Jets coaches, and they were working on their 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 their, their play fake action from under center. And you could tell that Strong wasn't really selling it. And so the coach has kind of got in his ear. And the thing that you saw later in that drill, and then again when they went into the team period, was Strong doing a much better job putting that ball out and really trying to, and then back in, and trying to sell the play fake. And so when I see something like that in, in practice this day, and if I see it again tomorrow, that's something that teams are looking for. It's not just how good you are. It's can you hear teaching and then yep. quickly incorporate it into your game. And Josh Allen back in 2018 we all the, the people that I watched the practices with, we generally agreed Baker Mayfield was the better quarterback out there, but that Josh Allen was the most improved quarterback right. from the start of the week to the end of the week. And that's one of the things I really look at. And with these six quarterbacks here all being incomplete puzzles, I want to see where they are at the end of the week. And maybe the horse to bet on is going to be the guy who's the most improved from today to the end of this week. Well, let's go back to 2018. And what was the narrative on Baker Mayfield going into the Senior Bowl? And what was the narrative on Josh Allen? And I'll tell you what it was. Baker Mayfield, more NFL ready. Josh Allen, more of a project. And essentially, that's exactly how it played out at the Senior Bowl. Let's go local real quick. We could have a guy go late first round, second round. That is Trey McBride. Tight end out of Colorado State. How did he look? He looked really good today. Good in the passing game. Good good in line in blo- as a blocker as well. There are very few teams that Trey McBride couldn't step in and help right away. And the, the question on, on on McBride, it's it's kind of where you value the the tight end the tight end position. If you value it high, maybe you maybe he does sneak into round one. Otherwise. He ends up being a second-round pick. But it's a really good tight end class de- down here. But he was he was the st- he was the stud of, of the group, more so than a lot of people are high on Jake Ferguson out of Wisconsin. But I thought McBride had the better day today. Okay. Uh, keep notes to what I, I asked you because this is ex- almost exactly what I'm going to be asking you tomorrow. Okay. Almost exactly what I'm going to be asking you on Thursday. We're going to talk about the quarterbacks because the Broncos, you can make the case, are in the market for a quarterback. Trey McBride is a local kid, but we'll also keep an eye on other guys who the Broncos might look at potentially in the first round if they don't take a quarterback and maybe second, third, fourth round. Because I believe at the Senior Bowl last year, you were gushing over someone. And I'll tell you who you were gushing over. And I understand there's some hometown bias there. But you loved yourself some Javante Williams last year, right? No, he wasn't here. It was Michael Carter who had a pretty Michael good Carter. For the that's Jets. who it was. Yes. Well, well but the, yeah, 
I was getting my North Carolina running backs mixed right. up. But he had, he had a good season as well. Not as good as Javante. There you go. But he, but he certainly proved that he belonged in the city. Coming up after the break, Broncos are officially up for sale. How sad are you that the Bowen era is going to be over, likely, before the start of the season? That's next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason, watch us. MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about Colorado Off-Road. They have all the major accessory brands for your truck, your car, your Jeep, your SUV. When you buy from Colorado Off-Road, they're going to install everything. You need some aftermarket, they're going to hook you up as well. They have over 90 years of experience. Go to the big box stores. They're not going to take care of you like that. They're going to treat you like an invoice, not a Colorado Off-Road where they treat you like family. It's a family-owned business. They're Colorado-grown, Colorado-owned. That is Colorado Off-Road. Upfit today at Colorado Off-Road Littleton or go to cooffroad.com. Time now for the buzz. The buzz is presented by Rocky Mountain Eurosport. Go for a test drive today in Denver or Parker because everyone deserves a luxury car buying experience. Or find them online at rmeurosport.com. Okay, the Broncos are officially up for sale, and they're hoping the new owner will be in place before the start of the upcoming season. Uh, this organization has been owned by the Bolin family for decades. Uh, you worked for the Broncos organization. You know how Pat Bolin treated the employees there. For you personally, is there a degree of sadness that the Bolin era is coming to an end? There's Yes, there is. There, there's sadness for how this was uh, allowed to linger. There's sadness for... Uh, the the discord in the family that uh, has has led to this moment and uh, and also sadness for the fact that uh, Pat Bowen uh, stepped away at an age that he would have never expected to uh, because of Alzheimer's. I think uh, you know Bowen foresaw himself ho- hopefully being kind of like Mike Brown who accepted the trophy. Uh, uh, on on Sunday in Cincinnati for Cincinnati, not in terms of performance, but he foresaw himself going into his late seventies and eighties and accepting a trophy. And uh, I think the the uh, the the fade the decline the fade and decline of Pat Bowen before he uh, before he passed away in twenty nineteen. I think uh, the, there are quite a few issues with the Broncos that uh, uh, that stem from that. But it, it's but it's just, it's a sad it's sad that it's come to this. But I also think that um, what Pat Bowen did should also still be celebrated. It was it was a great run, and uh, it's probably it, and it's probably for the best overall that it's coming to an end. However, given the last few years, I know the team president Joe Ellis gets a lot of criticism on a lot of different levels, from the trust to many other things, including you know why wasn't the the stadium named 
in a shorter amount of time and after all he's in charge of the business end. I think he did his level best to try and keep the integrity of what Pat Boland built. Is that fair to say? 100%. And he re- look, Joe Ellis gets a lot of criticism in a lot in a lot of circles. Mhm. And I'll but give but I'll, did, I'll give you one of them. But, I'll give you one of them real quick. Yeah. Mike Shanahan essentially was fired because Joe Ellis for lack of a better phrase, wanted to not not be the guy, but I don't think I don't think he liked that Mike Shanahan, despite just being the head coach and the GM, had more power than him. That's not an unfair well, statement th- either, is it? It's not an unfair statement. I think one thing that did happen for Mike Shanahan in the latter years uh, of him being the head coach of the Broncos, and I can say this from just my own experience working there and observing, is that it felt like he got to be bigger than the organization. Correct. And that's not something that's necessarily a, a healthy thing for a lot of reasons. So I can understand why Joe probably felt as he did. But with almost everything that he did in terms of his stewardship of the team, he did try to maintain a standard that had been set by Pat Bowen. Obviously, I know the on-field results weren't there in the last few years. Six. But organizationally, we have seen this the Broncos in you know succeed in a lot of off-field areas. We've seen them improve in a lot of off-field areas as well. And that and and that I think is is to the credit of of Joe Ellis as well. We don't know stories probably publicly of of what a lot of owners do when it comes to treating their players and their employees. We don't know a lot of these stories publicly, but I'm guessing there are a lot of really good and nice things that happen behind the scenes that have not been made public. It is my understanding with Pat Bolin, he did so many things behind the scenes for his players and for his employees, the list is too long to probably read off before we hit the end of the show. And But I will give you one story, Mace, that you may or may not know. And this story came from Carl Mecklenburg, who told me this story. I don't remember what year it was. but And, and for those that remember Carl Mecklenburg's career, he played all seven positions in the front seven. And he was scheduled, and, and I'm going to probably get this a little bit wrong, but the crux of the story is there. He was scheduled for the upcoming season to play a position that was a prime position to sack the quarterback. And there was a clause in his contract that said if he got a certain number of sacks, he would hit a certain bonus. Well, somebody got injured, I believe, during training camp, and they had to move Carl to a different position that wasn't going to give him the ability to get the type of sacks that he needed to hit his bonus. When the season was over, he met with Pat Bolin. And as the two of them were talking, Pat Bolin looked at Carl and said, listen, you really took one for the team. You moved positions because it was for the betterment of the team and it cut down your sack totals. And I know that you had a bonus coming if you would have gotten that sack total, but you moved positions for the betterment of the team, potentially sacrificing the bonus that you were going to get. And because you were such a good team player, I am going to give you that bonus anyway. 
Not a lot of owners would do that. No way, no how. With that, John Elway had a strong reputation in that locker room of squeezing guys for every single dime. That was not the Pat Bolin way. With that, and John Elway did a lot of good things as you know the GM, but other things that you can certainly question. We don't need to get into it. Are you concerned that the Broncos might get an owner that isn't cut out of the same cloth as a Pat Bolin? Because you know what? He built a culture there that people wanted to play for the Broncos. The Broncos still have a fantastic reputation around the league. Despite missing the playoffs for six consecutive years, Pat Bolin's legacy today dates back in the minds of many people that say, I want to play for the Denver Broncos because of even what happened 15 years ago. So with that, are you concerned that the owner might be a different type of cat? Oh, 100%. I mean, you and I talked about it earlier in the show. Uh, 1A and 1B, what are what are the type of owners that could be wrong? A meddling owner who does not know who doesn't know what he or she doesn't know, the Daniel Snyder type who Everything Snyder touches seems to turn to lead. It's the reverse Midas touch. Um, Or the owner who, for lack of a a better way of putting it, is cheap. Is, you know, trying to kind of squeeze every nickel and maybe is a tough negotiator when it comes to contract, when it it comes to, to contract time. The... Either one of these is is damaging. I mean, it's not that you can't have success with these types of owners, but you would need a quarterback who could kind of transcend it. I mean, I think frankly, uh, with the Cincinnati Bengals, for example, you know that that's ownership that we can describe as frugal. But you you have somebody like Joe Burrow, who's been able to kind of transcend that. Unless you have somebody like that come into your organization, if you're frugal or if you're meddling, then those things are going to define are going to define you, and word is going to get around the league, which means you're going to have trouble attracting free agent talent as well, and that's going to lead to any number of problems, and also it's going to create a potentially toxic work environment, not only on the football side but on the non-football side as well. I mean, the thing that is the variable here is the fiduciary responsibility. Now that the team is for sale, but it's in a trust and the proceeds will go to the, to, to the Bowen family, the fiduciary responsibility is to take the highest bidder. And that lends itself to this rogue element where you could get somebody who is not invested in the team that only does view it as kind of an asset from which they want to squeeze every last dollar. So there, there's an understandable uncertainty right now because uh, we don't know what's going to happen. Of course, the flip side of that is you might end up with somebody who is worth tens and tens of, upon billions of dollars, and maybe they don't want a medal. Maybe they just want to write the check, sit in the owner's box, sip some tea, and, 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 and accept the trophy at the end of the season. But they'll put the right people in place. So, I mean, it's, 
you know, it's one of those things where, and it's not, and it's not good for sports talk radio because it's, it's, it's too up, but because it's kind of vague, but it could be good. Could be bad. We just don't know right now. Coming up after the break, a major bombshell in the NFL and the Broncos have been roped into this huge controversy that has turned into a lawsuit. We will talk about that next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive, Goodman Mason. Watch us, smileisports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending. Presented by Silterhar Mazda. Get to Silterhar in Broomfield for a no-pressure buying experience at Silterhar Mazda. Or find them at sthmazda.com. Big story today in the NFL. We talked about it at the top of the show at 4. Want to bring it back right now. Former Dolphins head coach Brian Flores is suing the NFL as well as the Broncos, Giants, Dolphins, along with other unidentified individuals, alleging racism in their hiring process and saying racist hiring practices by the league have left it racially segregated and managed like a plantation. Among the allegations, this having to do with the Broncos, when the Broncos were looking for a head coach in 2019 and eventually hired Vic Fangio, according to Flores and this lawsuit, John Elway and Joe Ellis showed up an hour late and it was, quote, obvious they had been drinking heavily the night before. The complaint alleges that Denver interviewed Flores only, only because he was a minority and it was a sham just to comply with the Rooney rule. Essentially, the same thing that Flores alleges happened, not the drinking part, but with the Giants, that it was a sham that they already decided to hire Brian Dayball, and they didn't take the Flores you know, hiring seriously. So much, in fact, Bill Belichick had a text exchange with Brian Flores thinking, Belichick thinking he was texting with Brian Dayball. Instead, it was with Brian Flores, and the text that, Flores got from Belichick was, hey, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. Hey, I think you've got the job with the Giants and Dayball hadn't even interviewed yet with the Dolphins. Uh, Flores alleges that the owner said he would pay him $100,000 for every loss to help move them up in the draft in order to tank with that. These are some serious allegations. I don't know how many of them can be proved because it sounds like there is a he said, she said type of scenario. I don't know how that would play in court unless there were some receipts, for lack of a better phrase, that Flores and others, because this is a class action lawsuit, that those people could actually prove with documentation. With all of that said, does this smell like what happened with Kurt Flood back in baseball in the 1960s? For those that don't remember, Flood challenged baseball's reserve clause. It eventually led to free agency. Flood was blackballed from baseball, even though he played 13 games 
a little over a year later, but his career was over. That was a landmark case in baseball. Kurt Flood is one of the most important people in the history of baseball outside of Jackie Robinson. With that, do you think this Flores lawsuit, if indeed proven true, could be a landmark case as well? And I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that Flores never gets a job again either, kind of like Flores. Yeah. Like I, Flood. I, I don't yeah. It may not have the same repercussions in other sports because Kurt Flood basically paved the way for free agency Correct. in all of the major sports. So he's gonna stand alone. It is possible that it could change a lot of a lot of things in the NFL, especially if he if he wins, if there are other coaches who join the class action lawsuit. And like you mentioned, it is possible that the outcome for Brian Flores, especially if it doesn't go if it doesn't go well in the courts, it could could mean that he, he maybe never does coach again. And I think and that's something that he's kind of that he acknowledged in the statement that he put out today. He said, quote, I understand that I may be risking coaching the game that I love and has done that has done for so much my family and me, my sincere hope is that by standing up to, against systemic racism in the NFL, others will join me to ensure that positive change is made for generations to come, unquote. It's, it, it's certainly a selfless move on his part because he, he could, you know, he could have not done this and he, he's been a head coach. He's worked for Bill Belichick. He's, in terms of being able to have a ver- to make a very good living coaching pro football, he's in the club, and would ha- and, and and could have and had the option of just you know basically going back to being an being an assist a high level assistant and continuing to cash some pretty nice paychecks for a long time. I think it's to his credit that he it's to his credit that he he believes he's been wronged and and wants to do something about it, even though. It may hurt him. It is career suicide for him in the NFL, just like it was career suicide for Kurt Flood. He knew he was never going to have any extended play in Major League Baseball after the lawsuit, which, by the way, Flood eventually won in theory. Or they they lost it, right? Wasn't it lost? Wasn't that court case lost? I think the court the court case was I think the court case was lost. It was, but, but then eventually, years later, the, the uh, uh, involving Dave McNally and Andy Messersmith, right. and then like in 1976, eventually, you know, players got to be able to move teams through free agency. So exactly, Kurt, that's exactly exactly what happened. The reserve. So he, his Kurt Floyd's case actually got to the Supreme Court. Right. And he lost back in 1972 and he lost. But then three years after the high court ruled on it, five to three, then the reserve clause was finally struck down, which led to, you know, Andy mess, Andy Messersmith. It's funny, like, uh, and he, and he was, and he was signed, uh, a, a big ticket signing in the early days of Ted Turner back when he was right. doing a little more than he should have. Right. It's the second time he's come up in the course of this show. It's funny how it all comes together. With that, Flood was done with baseball. Now let's look at another big case against a league. Colin Kaepernick never played Mm -hmm. again. Brian Flores could be out of the NFL for good. However, he might have a life preserver. 
and that's college football. He could still be a head coach in college football. I don't think schools will necessarily look at him the way that the NFL is looking at him now. Colin Kaepernick, Frankly, Colin Kaepernick yeah. did not have any other options. He was not going to go to the CFL. Could have gone to the CFL, but different. I mean, you can make a lot of money being a head coach in, in college football. And if we're being completely honest here, um, I'm sure there are more than a few college programs that would love to hire Brian Flores. But if we're oh, being, actually, yeah. but if we're well, being was, fair was, here, let me just let me finish this thought. Let me finish this thought. Let me finish this thought. Brian Flores didn't do himself any favors by reportedly undermining his quarterback to a tag of Iola and having major philosophical issues with his GM. That stuff's on him, if true. But I still think he'll probably get a chance at college football. Well, like what I was going to say on what, before before you went in that direction, he that what he what he's doing here. There are some there are plenty of colleges where this is actually going to help him. Yeah. This is an asset to getting the job, and it will help him fit better, uh, frankly, in the broader community of a university than somebody who's who's just your has your typical resume for becoming a college football head coach. Uh, there, there are plenty of places where I think this filing the lawsuit and challenging this actually makes it more likely for him to get. A job, and I'm not just talking. And, and I, we're not talking about fringe programs. There, there are some big time programs where they're gonna, they will look at this and say, "Absolutely, we want Brian Flores to be leading our program. We want him as a leader of our university." Right. Quite frank, right. As, you know, because the like it or not, the football coach is often the most prominent person at a university. Right. Think about this for he's a second. The, he's May- the face of the university. Yep. Brian, there, there are plenty of of schools that would love. And, and and that would be proud to have Brian Flores, who's fighting this fight, as the face of their campus. Think about this for a second, okay? You are a black family, and you are the father of that family, and your son is being recruited by Brian Flores. How much respect do you have for him standing up to the NFL fighting racism? You're thinking as a dad who has dealt with racism, your family's likely dealt with racism, you're thinking... That's the guy I want to go with. I want to go with the guy who's willing to stand up to the man. You're saying, son, this your your universe your university choice. It's your decision. We support you. But but yep, right. (laughs) But this man is this man is challenging the injustices that still exist in our society. And I, and I want, think you should play for him. <laughs> and I want you to learn for him as, for, as a surrogate father while we are not together for the next four or five years. Yeah. What do we have? That, com- that, that is, a, I didn't even think about that, but that is the college thing. But that is, a, that is a great point. And I mean, I'm just in my own mind. I'm just thinking of a lot of, of schools, plenty of schools in, in places like the PAC 12 and the big 10, where what Flores is doing is, is going to be, an asset and would make him welcome, not just in athletics, but the entire university community. What do we have coming up on just in case you missed it? Nuggets and Avalanche both in action tonight. The Avs at home, the Nuggets out in Minnesota. We'll talk about those games next right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason on Mile High Sports.
Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for a wholesale arm of the public, go to RMFP.com. Time now for the final word. The final word is presented by the McKenzie Law Firm. Don't wait before it's too late. Protect your family by setting up a will, living will, or estate plan with Dan McKenzie at TheMcKenzieFirm.com. Just in case you missed it. Well, both local teams that are in season are in action this evening, and both won the last time they were out on Sunday. The Arizona Coyotes in town testing the Colorado Avalanche's 18-game home win streak. So they are trying to get their 19th straight win here on home ice at Ball Arena. That game's 7 o'clock p.m. Mountain Time, and... Darcy Kemper and Pavel Francouz became the second goaltending tandem in NHL history with seven plus wins each in a single month, joining from the 2013 Penguins, Marc-Andre Fleury and Thomas Vakun, who did it in the month of March. Uh, who would you play in goal tonight if you were Jared Bednar and making the decision on Francois or Kemper. The Coyotes not the strongest opponent. Can I can I start this off? Can I start this off? You can start me in goal. It's not going to make a difference. The Coyotes are simply awful. And I really hope the Avalanche do not lose this one because Arizona is flat out rotten. When it comes to goal scoring, they're one of the worst in the league. When it comes to wins, they're one of the worst in the league. The, the entire roster could get drunk before the game and I would still pick them to win. Yeah, at the same time, do you know what happened the last time the Coyotes came in came into Denver? The Yotes? Yeah, it went to a shootout. Well, sometimes you don't Absolutely. take one. Sometimes you don't take teams seriously. Right. So and, you and can you can get loaded, yeah. just don't get too yeah. loaded. Yeah, and, and look, the Coyotes come in, they've lost, look, they've lost 5 in a row. It, as as you said, Eric. I mean, this is a this is a dreadful team, although until this recent five-game losing streak, they had played a bit better for about a month, but they're now, they're now they're now in the tank. They've scored only one goal in three of their or fewer goals because they got shut out. So one or fewer goals in three of their last five games. The Avalanche should win this. They should win it comfortably, but stuff happens from time to time. So you, you can't mail it in. But I do. But I would play Francois too. The Seattle Kraken, the expansion Kraken, are better than the Coyotes. By far. By far. They have eight yeah. more points than the Coyotes, and they're an expansion team. Not like Las Vegas they got, when they came they, in. They got a better, What's they that? better goalie. Well, the, the, the Kraken have a better goalie, for one thing. Right. Well, you know yeah. who would probably they, like to play in this game is Kemper. Don't yeah. you think? Yeah. I'm sure, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure he would. I'm, but the thing is... They're, I don't think there's a revenge angle because I think Darcy Kemper was more than happy to get traded from Arizona to Colorado. And when they played in Arizona last, Kemper shut out the Coyotes. Yeah. Who hasn't shut out the Coyotes? <laughs> Good point. Who ha- 
Just in case you missed it, the Denver Nuggets at the Minnesota Timberwolves tonight, 6 o'clock p.m. Mountain Time. The Nuggets have won five straight. They have leapfrogged Dallas for the number five spot in the Western Conference. And before the game, Nikola Jokic and DeMarcus Cousins were questionable. Now we have heard from those that are on the Nuggets beat. From the mouth of Michael Malone, Nikola Jokic is available tonight. He will be playing DeMarcus Cousins. It remains to be seen. How do you feel about uh, the Nuggets in Minnesota with a little bit of a banged up Nikola Jokic? He's dealing with some right toe soreness and then not having that second big man in DeMarcus Cousins potentially in a matchup against one of the better big men in the West, Carl Anthony Towns. One of the better big men in a team that uh, right now is sitting there at seventh seventh place in the West, 25 and 25, a team that really, that, that really needs a, a game like this. Look, the Nuggets could lose tonight and even lose tomorrow to the Jazz. They've got, of course, the, the, the dreaded back-to-back here. And they would still, at worst, go 4-2 and two on this road swing. And that's a, that's a success. I think the Nuggets do find a way to win tonight, lose the second game of the, back, of the back-to-back to the Jazz tomorrow night. But that's still, that's still a very successful trip. Yeah, listen, if they win tonight and beat the Jazz tomorrow, they've got the fourth seed. And that is something. And that is oh, an yeah. accomplishment for what this team has gone through. By the way, Michael Porter Jr., the, the news came out yesterday that the, the Nuggets are asking for an exception. My gut feeling tells me Michael Porter Jr. is not playing this season. And yeah, even, and, and, yeah. Ahead, and they ahead, can't man. get the relief if he's not unless if he comes back, right? No, they can't, but but they can hold it out there just in case he does come back. Yeah. No, so if he does come back, they don't get the relief, but that but but what they're trying to do is get the option. They're trying to get the option, but I don't think he's going to play. And if Jamal Murray comes back, I think it's the earliest April 1st. Yeah, I've got to cover all your bases if you're the Nuggets, yeah. dealing with everything they are. All right, that's going to do it for us. Nolan, great job today. Same with you, Danny. Mace, terrific job down in Mobile, Alabama. You going to get some uh, barbecue tonight? Uh, no, probably some seafood, some oysters. Although first things first year, I got to cut a few more clips and I got to write my uh, evaluation of the quarterbacks here. That'll be on the DMVR.com later tonight. So check that out. I'm going to go home and play solitaire. Make it the best possible night you can. Getting closer to the stars.